Blog Talk Radio. Hoodoo Root Work Hour brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Reverend James of folkconjure.com in North Carolina, and in just a moment we'll be joined by our co-host, Catherine Ironwood of luckymojo.com in Forestville, California, and Conjureman of conjuremanconsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. This week we welcome a special guest, Stuart Palm of stuartpalm.com in Hong Kong, bringing us today's topic on power and performance. They will take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, or root work as divined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first let's catch up with our co-hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjure Man. Ms. Kat? Hi. Thank you, Reverend James. You know, every once in a while I like to check in with my announcer. Buys me a little time to take a sip of my nice tea. It's green tea today. So, James, catch up with us on what you're doing down at Folk Faith Ministries and Folk Faith Conjure. Well, at folkconjure.com and folkfaithministries.com, we are currently working on doing a little bit of revamps and adding a few products and things. Um, Everybody knows that's been listening to what I've been up to recently knows that I'm, you know, currently pursuing a a bit of a Buddhist path. So we'll be adding uh, very soon uh, pujas and kongsos, which is the Tibetan word for puja. to the website as a service very soon. And all of the money from that and from those services will go directly to Dharma work. And what is Dharma work? Anything that is that propitiates the Dharma. So um, teacher teachings, um, hopefully we'll get into live stream um, teachings and discussions and things like that, um, including uh, things like um, that go for offerings for pujas and kongsos. So, Tormas or ritual cakes, butter lamps, etc. So, in other words, any money that you receive will be self-perpetuating to promote more Buddhist um, outreach. Is that is that a good way of explaining it? And and um, of course, some of that will also go to. Um, we we also will you know uh, give money to. Um, some different monasteries and things that we, well, I personally have a connection to. So that money will, some of that money will also be donated to those monasteries as well. I understand. All right. Well, that's pretty cool. Um, nice to know that you're doing that. I think that's going to be uh, something interesting. You know, at AIR, and you're a member of AIR and on the tech team, at AIR, the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, we have people from all different traditions, and they all Um, have contributed material about their cultures and their religions and their beliefs. And we do have a small Buddhist section. So I'm just going to nudge, nudge you to expand that Buddhist section and maybe talk about these different things. 
and um, you know, put yourself up in the nav box, the navigation box at the upper right of every air page. That'll help people find you. I know there are other people who work in different Buddhist traditions, and um, air is a place where you can go to get connection with someone who's a Buddhist, either a, um, oh my gosh, Vajrayana, um, Theravada. There's all these different Buddhist denominations. I need to learn more about them, and you need to teach me. Okay, Reverend James? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, I just hope to see a lot more of that. I think that's a wonderful um, a wonderful idea that you're doing that. I still hope that you'll be uh, reviving the Crystal Silence League, too. I know we've talked about that coming this summer when you get everything moved. And I know you've been um, moving and compressing belongings from Pennsylvania to North Carolina. So... Um, we hope that that all is going well, too. We're all getting right. there. It's a work in progress, but thank you. Yeah, all right. Well, uh, what's been going on here at Lucky Mojo is awful lot of uh, large wholesale orders. Somehow, all of a sudden, wholesale orders have gone up. So wholesale customers, I have good news for you. For many years, because wholesale formed a very small part of Lucky Mojo, I mean, minute part. If I could call it the tail and the dog, I'd call it a a dog with a very short tail, an amputated tail. But um, since COVID, more and more wholesale customers have come in. And what wholesale orders used to be is there was a $150 minimum, and you would order them and then just trust us to take your discount for you. In other words, we wouldn't charge your card. We'd wait till your order was prepared, and then we would Um, calculate your discount and there was a lot of trust built up between us and our longtime wholesalers they understood the system but we've got more and more wholesalers and they're going I don't get it why do we have to do this well of course the reason is that no one's taken the four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve days it's taken to create a wholesale shopping cart and um, that person who's creating the wholesale shopping cart is Nagashiva. He's not done yet. But very soon, hopefully before the next radio show, or as Freddie Fender said, before the next teardrop falls, ah, we will be able good. to have a wholesale ordering shopping cart. And I heard that laugh from Nagashiva. Are you there, Shiva? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm here, and um, it's almost there. Okay, well, tell us about its beauty and wonder for just a second, okay? Its beauty and wonder. Well, it's set up so that people can place orders in a separate manner with wholesale prices. It'll be a separate web page that will include all of the items that are available via wholesale, and um, it will um, have uh, a description of minimum quantities and um, the books that we have available for wholesale and what uh, manner of discounts they can receive by um, quantity ordering of those books, and it should uh, have all the information they need to complete a wholesale order. Great. So for the wholesale thing, some of them have fixed discounts, and some of them have a sliding scale, namely the books. And uh, Shiva's been uh, uh, grumbling to himself about this sliding scale. It's a little complicated, but you'll be able to order books at different um, quantity rates and get different discounts if you are a store. So I hope that everybody, you know, if you buy Lucky Mojo products in a store, Tell that store owner, if they don't listen to the radio show, hey, I heard that Lucky Mojo is now having wholesale 
um, SKUs and a whole wholesale page, and we really want to promote that. So that's today's news, and Shiva is working very, very, very hard on it. The other news, which we've talked about, of course, recently, is that The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron is back with new shows, but that doesn't stop us from uh, playing the older shows in syndication. So now, those of you who are pagans can get The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron two times a week, and that'll all be reflected when we hear Jeannie dancing and singing later on in the show. And the other news is that Leslie Lowell, our longtime shop manager, is leaving us for another job. She's mm. finally found somebody, yeah, it's pretty bad for us, She, but you know, it's good for her. She found a company, it's a nonprofit organization that can use all of her talents, and um, and she's been wanting to do this for a while, so she will be leaving, and that means that all of the duties are going to fall on the rest of us, sort of as a collective, but the lead shop manager now will be Eileen, who's probably been with us the longest by one week. She's been here one week longer than Heidi, I think, or maybe Heidi's been there one week longer than her. They've both been there for years, and um, so Eileen is going to be our go-to gal. She's the head of the shipping department right now. And we are looking for another employee, preferably someone who has um, experience with database and data entry. They don't need to know a darn thing about what's the difference between marjoram and magnolia. That's not important. They just need to know <laughs> to be able to work. We'll teach them about magnolia and marjoram, but we need someone with some office experience. They have to be located in Sonoma County, and we're not um, bringing anybody across the country. We tried that once. It didn't work. Uh, it just was a, a debacle. So that was no good. We, they have to be located in Sonoma County and be ready to come to our shop. But if you are listening to this and know anybody in Sonoma County who would like to work and has any kind of order entry or office experience, customer service experience, even if they know very little about the tarot or very little about herbs or oils, that's easier to teach than it is to teach a crafty person how to do order entry. Found that out in my life. Okay, so that's the news from Lucky Mojo. And um, I guess my next uh, person to ask, what's going on in your life? Oh, and I guess because um, Conjurman always mentions to me what kind of love work he's doing or what kind of political work or whatever. <laughs> I'm just going to say I've been doing readings on a regular basis, just the same even though all this other chaotic change is happening all around me. But um, I will say one thing. You all remember when I talked about phthalates as endocrine disruptors back in the 90s, early 2000s. I'm sure I bored everyone I know screaming about phthalates and um, was one of the reasons we founded Lucky Mojo so that we could make um, oil products that had no phthalates in them. Well, look up a Dr. Shauna, uh, what's her last name? Now I can't remember that name. Damn. Shauna Swan. I think it's Swan. Um, she's an epidemiologist and a statistician. And she's been on YouTube. She's just put a book out called Countdown. And it's about dropping sperm count. And um, I will say no more. <laughs> okay, that's it. So um, 
it's all happening at the zoo, as they say. Uh, the mm. sperm the sperm count, which was dropping at one percent per year, is now dropping at two point five percent per year. We are raising a generation of infertile and even genderless children. By genderless, I don't mean um, whether they how they identify themselves. I mean that they are going to be unable to reproduce. At least the males. So there's a problem. <laughs> okay, now I'm turning it over to you, Conjurman. Mm, that's very interesting. Yeah, I, I was uh, the dropping, drop in sperm count, drop in fertility, and uh, lower and lower birth rate is actually one of the sort of sneaky things, sneaky crises that like not a lot of people are focusing on. But it's like it's mm-hmm. a genuine major one. If you talk to any sort of long-term social scientists who look at things like generations and whatnot, they point out that like humans are, are headed, not just environmental collapse, but humans are, are headed towards popu- major, major population issues in that as a species, there will come a time where humans are incapable of reproducing. And that's, that's sort of the end. Has everyone ever seen that movie, Children of Men? That's a really interesting yes. movie where yes. where it's very, very much hints at that fear that where no, you are I, no longer... I believe I believe we will come up with some sort of a cloning methodology or something like yeah, that. Yeah, maybe. But it's but going yeah, to be it's going to be a tough few now. years. And um and I also want to say I didn't and phthalates, but also atrazine. Just look up atrazine. Look up genderless frogs. All there. You know, it's been going since the 70s, first reports about it, and then we're in the 70s. Nobody would listen. I've been running around screaming about it, you know, for a good 40, 50 years now. So, yeah. people, I mean, the, the people, people, we're, we're the scientists slowly catching up to the, you know, that this is not only a reality, but they're trying to find the, the source, whether it's phthalates or microplastics is another thing that people are really looking mm-hmm. at. We're looking at the fact that microplastics are now permanently, these are plastics that are basically permanent that are now being found in things like uh, people's lungs and in bloodstream mm-hmm. Weird times ahead on, on, on my end, what I've been doing is mostly just staying out of the heat. I don't know if you, uh, are you all having a heat wave up in Northern California oh, yeah. right now? Oh, it's, it's bad. We're, and it's, we have passed, I think July, uh, 15th or maybe the 14th was the hottest day on record. The hottest day on record. And we keep saying that every year. And at some point, we need to acknowledge the fact that we keep talking about that we're getting more and more hot records. Uh, and at that point, that should be the clearest trend that we are. We are Climate change is very real and that we need to be taking very clear steps towards it. Um, and this is only July. When I, as far as I remember, the hottest periods were always kind of like in August. So if July, we've already hit that moment. I can only imagine what next month is, it has in store for us. So I hope everyone is staying cool. Uh, I know that I've been uh, hanging out in the shade of my place with uh, AC running uh, and trying mm-hmm. to avoid doing a lot of candle work <laughs> and doing more jar work and bathing work uh, and even incense work rather than lighting up some candles. So these these are some hot times, and hopefully you will adjust your hoodoo and conjure accordingly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm going to uh, say it's 95 degrees here, so I feel you. Oh, wow. Wow. And we should point out for people who are not familiar with California, 
where Cat is is like famed for their temperate weather. That's why people mm-hmm. live in Northern California. It doesn't hit the 90s like that. It's meant to be temperate. It has like all the benefits of the sort of Mediterranean Southern California, but it's much cooler. Southern California has always been warm, but like mm-hmm. now we're hitting 90s and triple digits. That, that's insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the chat, J.D. said a woman in Texas showed how hot it was by cooking bread in her mailbox. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. That is wild. I mean, I've heard of the eggs on, on the sidewalk, but cooking bread in, in the mailbox, it, it is hot. Stay cool out there. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. Everybody remember. Um, oh, and I'll give you one more little thing on that. So I was talking to Clifford Lowe, our former announcer here on the show, and my cousin mm. and all that. And we, we were talking. And he was saying, I said, well, how hot is it where you was? And he said, it's 92. And, um, and I said, gee, that's pretty bad and um and he said yes but i've bought an ice vest hard to say ice vest and um so an ice vest is apparently a vest with pockets in it and you know those little gel pack ice thingies you know that you put oh, in your oh yeah you slip them into these pockets in your ice vest i had not heard of it well now you know okay <laughs> go out and get yourself an ice vest <laughs> Look up ice vest online. <laughs> I'm actually googling this because I'm very fast. Right, right, right. Exactly. Things. We all when we when we say, oh, I'm doing fine. I've got my ice vest on. All right. Well, things here are unusual, and of course, uh, I just have to say that um, uh, with Uranus, the planet of sudden change and craze, going over my sun and Mercury. Uh, like I said, all these changes that are happening here, I'm just kind of like, yeah, I know, I signed on for it. If you live long enough, Uranus will go over your sun at some point. <laughs> Slow though it is. So that's what we've got. Um, um, meanwhile, Phyllis Margaret Gabor says, it's sad. Um, she went right away to the idea of only the elite will be able to have children because, of course, it'll all be, you know, artificially done and um that only the jeff bezos and elon musks will be the one who will be able to have children that may Ugh. happen temporarily until the price goes down and then you can get cut rate children in thailand no doubt <laughs> i mean it's like we know how this works um horrible though it is all righty well <laughs> I think we've exhausted all the chaos and confusion of the earth today. So let's turn our minds to magic. Magic is a hard thing to talk about when there's so much wacky going on in the real world. But um, the the world of magic is the real world for those who can use it to change their lives and change where they're going and make things better for themselves. So today, we're going to have a talk with Stuart Palm, all the way from Hong Kong, and our topic will be magic that we can use for power and performance, and boy, we do need that now, and if you all saw the picture um, on uh, social media that we put out, some of you will recognize who I used as the symbol of power and performance. And I'm going to ask the people in the chat, did anybody in the chat recognize who that was? Let's just see. I'm going to, I'm going to just, if you know who was used, and you can find him in the slideshow also. 
and just see if you recognize who he is. Um, and um, the reason I'm asking is, part of the question is, and how old am I? <laughs> so who represented power and performance to me? But um, I will get back. If you post it in the chat, I'll get back. And, and no fair using reverse image lookup. you got to know who it was. Probably none of you all know. Um, I'll get back to that in a moment. So today we have Stuart Palm. And hi, Stuart. How are things in Hong hi. Kong? Welcome, welcome. <laughs> this. They're okay. Uh, there, there, there's so much to, to the answering the story of how things are Hong Kong, but they're 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 better now. <laughs> so for me personally, I'm I'm doing good. Although I did just wake up as we were supposed to start because it is uh, only just six six twenty now in the morning. <laughs> so okay. things are, are doing oh, well. Wow. What a, I think we what were a the last in the world to get out of the COVID situation. So. so we're so, yeah, I'm, well, I'm glad you heard that things are improving. Um, and so far, nobody in the chat has identified the person whose image I used to represent power and performance. How the mighty have fallen, how times change. Um, I'm going to, at this point, I'm going to offer a prize. I'm going to offer a virtual, fabulous. No, Angela Ella is not Jackie Robinson. <laughs> Got the skin color right and got the game right. Two out of three, but she didn't get the person. Okay. Um, uh, so let's talk about power and performance. Um, you came up with this topic. What does it mean to you? Well, in in, in every practice, not uh, in every art, in every uh, place in, in my life, there are, there's always this need to become powerful in that ability. And, and I've noticed that there's a sense of um, personal confidence you have to gain to be able to effectively perform magic, to effectively make things uh, active, no matter what it is. You have to engage in this sense of personal power and, and, and you get power from the earth, you get power from who you're working with, you get power from the elements you're working with. And if you're not confident and you don't believe in what you're doing, that, that is the worst way I experience of, of, you know, things not working out. So I think the step one for any of those interactions, even in things outside of, of um, folk magic, you know, hypnosis. You have to have a sense of personal power and a sense of confidence to be able to engage correctly with what you're doing. So to me, that seems like a, 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 an essential. Well, I get that. Um, I'm going to interrupt for just a second. JD won the prize. Uh, I, I shot the cool Papa Bell. Nope. JD won it. Willie Mays, number 24. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so, yes, confidence is part of power and performance. And I'm going to add something else that I think is part of power and performance. Training. Repetition of training. You don't, If you could be the strongest person in the world magically and have the greatest and most intense will, but if you couldn't light candles in calmness and with intention, 
if you couldn't make a, a mojo bag or a tea with calmness and intention or directed anger or whatever focused information you want to put into it, you can't do that. And performance, over and over, performance has been shown to be heightened by repetitious training. And by the way, Nagashiva, you are typing the loudest typing in the universe. <laughs> Please mute. Um, so uh, he I was muted. It's not me. It's not him. Oh, somebody is typing very loudly, and it's not me. Okay. That person should mute themselves. Thank you. Um, so, um, yeah, so let me bring a uh, conjure into this. So I talk about repetition and training. Um, Stuart has talked about confidence. What do you bring to the table as far as power and performance? Yeah, I think I'd take a, a blend of, of both of those. I should say that um, uh, I, even I, I don't have a loud keyboard. I don't use loud keyboards, but the sound of loud keyboard actually doesn't bother me. There's something weirdly soothing for, for me when I hear loud <laughs> keyboards. But no, my keyboards are, are, are utterly silent because I use mostly laptops. Uh, mine hmm. is an approach toward power and performance as a sort of a blend of both, confidence and repetition together. In particular, when it comes to things like, and, and this is both in regards to the magic that you do and in regards to building confidence or building power in whatever industry you end up going into. I always tell people that confidence is sort of like a muscle. You just have to work at it. You have to work at it. It's, some people have it naturally, some, just in the same way that some people are, are muscular naturally, and other people have to work at it. But the more you work at it, the easier it becomes. At first, there's almost a, I don't know how to phrase this, but perhaps almost a self-delusion component to it. You have to kind of delude yourself. You have to convince yourself that you are more confident than you are, that you're more powerful than you are, that you're going to be more successful than you are. And once you're able to do that, the results will start to come in. So there is an element of confidence and, and uh, repetition that go hand in hand. The more you repeat in a confident way, the better you'll get with results, the better performance you'll have, um, and the more you'll increase your power. I think people often imagine power in a very nebulous way. Perhaps they're shaped by like the Dungeons and Dragons approach to power. When in actuality, power is much more rooted in practice. It's much more rooted in something that you repeat over and over again. And the more you practice and repeat something, the more confident you will be. Uh, think of, of any type of activity that you've done over a long period of time. It can be the most complex activity in the world. It can be something like building an object, uh, cooking. It can be giving speeches, whatever it is. When you first initially did it, remember how unsteady you were. Remember how you know, lack of confidence you had. Remember how difficult it was. Remember how chaotic it was. But the more you did those things, no matter how complicated it was, it now has become easy for you. Think of how easy it is now to accomplish the tasks that were once difficult. And this can be anything. It can be uh, the most complicated building ever, you know, your Lego Star Wars or something. But now it comes easily to you. Or perhaps it's a part of your career or job, like giving speeches or writing something 
or completing a report. That's what repetition gives you. It gives you a sense of the familiar, and the more familiar you are, the more it builds your confidence, and the more confident you are, the more powerful you are in that endeavor. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Now, I want to talk about power. So, Stuart, Mm. we've talked a bit about performance, and how to enhance performance. And this isn't only true in magic, but in many other fields of life, which is why I used Willie Mays as an image, because power, performance. But the power that Willie Mays had or other athletes might have, the power for athletic stuff, there's a similar kind of power for magic. Is there a way to enhance your power? Are you born with it? You can certainly hone your performance, but how do you improve your power? Well, I definitely believe you, you know, there's, that you're born with it to a degree, that we have different levels of innate ability to connect with a, a sense of power or, or using power. Um, but I also definitely believe that you can uh, strengthen this power um, in, in many different ways. And um, in, in the practice of magic itself, I think automatically enhances that power. Just just the ritual and the practice of doing the rituals gives you more power. The more you connect with it, uh, and, and then there are lots of different ways that we connect with power, such as through uh, ancestors, uh, connecting well with your ancestors, di- directly honoring them brings brings me more power, and I think I see that pretty well with others. Uh, regularly, um, connecting with greater spirits, to say, uh, th- things that are larger than yourself to um, enhance your power is another way to get that sense. I mean, even, even when we look at um, all, all kinds of sports, people who are amazing stars of, of sports across the board have been found to be magic users and people who, you know, the, uh, the mm-hmm. media will call superstitious, but they have their own mojo bags. They have their own things that they do to bring themselves power. Um, and, and I think that uh, it is that practice that is giving them more. So this is an interesting idea here. I've talked about this before in terms of spell timing, allying Hmm. yourself to natural events, tide coming in, sun coming up, moon increasing in size and so forth. These are ways of harnessing yourself to nature or natural powers. And then there is what you just said, the harnessing of your work to a spirit greater than you. For instance, you want to help someone with mental health issues, you would implore St. Dymphna, a greater spirit than you, to become an ally in that spell that you're casting. So those are things that really can enhance your power, is um, picking proper timing, picking proper deities or spirits Mm -hmm. or ancestors or greater forces than you whether they are cyclical or personal types of of power, herbs and roots that are used for power. So uh, I think most people who listen to the show are familiar with some of the roots that are used in root work or hoodoo. 
And mm-hmm. uh, this would be, for instance, John the Conquer root is considered the power root supreme. It has a male tinge of energy to it, but women use it as well. Queen Elizabeth root is very powerful, mostly for women. Uh, Master root is really powerful. And um, our colleague, Angela Marie Horner, did an entire workshop called Seven Roots of Power. And you can get that by going to hoodooworkshops.com. It costs $25 for an hour-long course, and you'll also get a PDF that you can uh, print out or keep in your files or however you like to do it. And that brings up a whole subject of why roots are used in hoodoo for power more often than leaves. Because mm-hmm. the root contains the experience the uh, saved up essence of a year's worth of growth and it is ready to burst out again if planted again or kept in water or whatever you're going to do with it. So there are few flowers that are used for power. There are a few, but for sheer raw power, it's usually roots. It can be seeds sometimes because seeds also have that power to burst out and grow. And power unleashed is sort of a key term that I use. Power is held coiled and then unleashed. Yes, there is power that's evident every day. Niagara Falls, it's power, all power, all the time. But the number of things like that in the world that you can harness yourself to, not so common. And so most people save up, store up power, and then unleash it. And that's why they work with roots for power. And I just want to put that out there that if you want to make a power mojo, it would be a mm. roots mojo. It, yeah, that's how I see it. Yeah, yeah. There are some uh, leaves that have some power components, but you're absolutely right. It's mostly roots, and this stems from the fact that I understand power as having two components. Power has a capacity component and an influence component. Capacity component is that which is innate to you. It is what you are capable of doing. And as Stuart pointed out, that some people have more of that, some people have less of that. There's an intrinsic quality to it that you were born with it. But you can do magic, root work, you can practice. There's other things you can do to increase that capacity. So some people have the capacity to do a lot of things at once. That is an extension of power. Um, Some people have innate authority. That is power. So what we'll talk about is capacity. There's the capacity component. And most roots are designed at increasing that capacity to some extent. John the Conquer root, Samson Snake root, Master root are my three go-tos when it comes to things like this. It's really, really useful for increasing a person's capacity. The other component of power is influence, the ability to get others to do what you want them to do. That is power being exercised. And there you can find, for example, uh, Master of the Woods, Deer's Tongue, a bunch of other things that are about influencing people, swaying people, getting them to do what you want them to do. Uh, The two working together is the overarching understanding of power. And you want to find the balance between the two. So when you make a mojo bag, 
you should think about what you're including that increases your capacity for power, that is the internal, intrinsic thing within you that is considered powerful, while at the same time thinking about how you exercise that power, that is the influence. And a good mojo bag will balance the two of them together. You can also find it in other forms of, of root work. I think one really great blend that is often not talked about is commanding oil. Commanding mm-hmm. oil in simultaneously increases your capacity and your influence. Because what it does mm-hmm. is it increases your authority and therefore gets other people to listen to you so that when you give the command, it is heard. So I'm a, I mm-hmm. love commanding oil. A little bit of commanding oil that you use in your root work, in your candle work, in your mojo bags will go a long way to increasing power. And you can use it not just when you're influencing people directly, like I want you to do this. You can do it in a variety of situations. If you want to increase your performance at work, you want to increase your power at work, you want to increase your performance and power in a relationship. You want to increase in, your, in some type of negotiation, commanding oil. So commanding oil is incredibly versatile. That's a, a good one, and I, I agree with you. Commanding oil is good. I also like crucible of courage um, mm-hmm. because it puts you to the test. Of course, it's always easier to go for something like crown of success, but crown of success doesn't necessarily imply power. And... There's a a difference there. Balkan Diviner is in the chat and said, if we are including academic success in this topic, I'd recommend using drawing spells to attract a suitable mentor, especially for people who are not good at being self-taught. I know I always enjoyed having a great teacher as a kid participating in scholar contests. The difference was real. Well, I agree with that, Balkan Diviner, but what we're talking there is about training your performance, and this is why athletes have coaches and so the same idea raw power needs to be directed stand a quarter inch uh, to the left you know swing a half a second earlier that's what a baseball hitting coach will teach you whatever they need to show you usually there's someone who's been there and done that so yes a teacher is good but particularly in honing your performance if you already have power. Now, we're not talking here only about academic success or athletic success or winning contests, mm-hmm. but also having um, self-confidence, as was brought up before. And then, as Conjurman said, power over others, commanding and yeah. so forth. So part of this, is, in my mind, is also about maturation and self-recognition. If you go through life as a dependent upon others and never mature to the extent that you say, I have my domain, whether it's just the edges of my body and skin or whether it's my house and yard or whatever it is, my my cubicle in the office, whatever it is where you are, that's where you control your space. And one of the first things that teenagers have a trouble with is as children they were safe in a space controlled by their parents suddenly they have to control their own space and this is where we sometimes see them go astray they try to control too much space without really having any practice at it or they can't control their space at all and become prey to 
bad companions and luring and evil wickedness and drugs. So the first thing you have to really think about is what is under your control? For me, my idea of power, and I'm not a strong physical person, um, has always been, is my skin intact? Am I well fed? You know, am I hydrated? Those are, you know, kind of like, that's where I base my power on. As long as those things are good, I've got all the power I need. Then comes the outreach. What do I wish to seize? What do I wish to change? What do I wish to influence? But you can't build power from a weak core. You have to have something that you control. So the first step to me in getting power is control of self. And that's why I recommended Crucible of Courage, because without that idea of um, having bravery enough to get out of bed in the morning and stand tall, you're nobody. So think about, now you may may not need an herb or a root or whatever it's going to be to make you strong. I have all the power I want. Well, that's good, but you may have friends who need that feeling of power, and that is where the most common thing used in hoodoo to accumulate power is a roots bag, a a pocket piece, um, maybe one of those lucky stone um, with a dime in it, little packets that are sewed up in leather, um, like Heidi Holton taught about at the last Hoodoo Heritage Festival, lucky rocks. Something like that that carries intrinsic power. It could be a talisman. Many people use um, astrological talismans to accumulate power. Some people will take um, a water or a liquid and set it out under the moon or under the sun. But again, this goes to what Stuart said, getting the power that comes from a greater force, a greater spirit, a greater energy than you. The moon's rays go into the water and it becomes moon water. And then you drink that moon water and that power of the moon goes into you. So one thing you have to do is figure out where the power is coming from. If it comes just generated from you, that's okay. But if you also are using allies, how do you bring that into your sphere of influence? And that's one reason that teas and baths are important in the accumulation of power. Yeah, Um, I I will say that you're you're talking about something very important here, the sort of base, right? And that also lends itself to the type of magical work that you're doing. When you were thinking about power – it, the type of magic that is enduring is going to be best here. Various magical workings, various approaches, candles, etc., they lend themselves better to certain situations than others. In the case of power and performance, I have found that any type of magical working that has a solid component to it, something that you can carry with you, something that you can hold, lends itself really well to the working. So talismans, mojo bags, jars, I find even bathing, anything that involves touching of the body, touching of the self, or anything that involves something that you can carry forward. Uh, Like I said, jars, mojo bags, talismans, all work really well. You can certainly use candles to increase your power, to increase your performance, but I find that those tend to have a shorter, you know, a shorter result. They last a little bit less. They they tend to, okay, for a period of time, you're going to increase your power. 
but then maybe it'll fade. Whereas a talisman is something that you can actively change long term. So astrological talismans, mojo bags, even uh, uh, enchanted rings, enchanted necklaces, these things work really, really well. They create magically that base you're looking for from which you can build your power, your capacity, and your performance. So, I'm a big um, believer in well, talismans as well, for sure. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I think tal- that's the lag when I Talismans are, in, in terms of the way that minerals are, and talismans are often made of stone or metal, don't you feel, Stuart, that they accumulate power in the way that a root does compared to herbs? I, the, the way they, um, yeah, no, I would, I would agree. That does, does work that way. Um, and you have to, for me, I have certain things, certain talismans I'll carry. And if, if, if I am not in a strong place, they will help me regain my center and refocus myself. Uh, but also not even just the, the talismans. I have certain things that I will even wear in certain situations that I know give me power. Uh, you know, I, I, I will do things to enhance clothing even to be able to make me more powerful and to increase mm. that sense and uh, use of power. The same way you would have a, sort of a, a shaman's uh, robe to, to increase the power of, of the act and the work that you're doing. Yeah, I, I'm going to, um, we've got a couple of comments here in the chat I'm going to bring forward. Um, Balkan Diviner 14, what about I Can You Can't products? I answered that in chat. I Can You Can't is definitely good for contests, but we also need power for self-directed efforts, hence power oil. And Aya Asha Aya 13 said Nation Sack is good too, and I replied yes. The Nation Sack and Nature Oil, which is usually for male power or sexual power, and Queen Elizabeth Root Oil, those are all power oils. And the Red Queen Conjure said I find that my cauldron adds power and transformational energy to my candlework. That gets to another issue, and that's really good that you mentioned, and that is having a place that you do your work. So why have an altar? Why have a cauldron? Why have a piece of cloth that you use? That goes to the idea of creating a space that's now under your control. And the cauldron definitely adds that kind of power. And Aya Asha Aya says, or a jackball, absolutely. And um, and Margaret um, Phyllis Gabor said, I recommend 7-Eleven Holy Oil and Psalms 23. Again, that is absolutely um, a, a place of power to work from. And so, uh, and then Reverend James brings in the cauldron pot for St. Cyprian that Conjurman wrote about in a book. So mm-hmm. turning it over to you, Conjurman. <laughs> yeah, I think Conjurman's work is really uh, powerful here, and that uh, brings in the power of a saint. As Ms. Kat mentioned earlier, that any type of bringing in, when you want to increase power by tapping into either natural timing or tapping mm-hmm. into the power of a deity or spirit, you can increase beyond the power that you yourself have. If you're trying to do something that may be beyond your capacity, a saint, an entity, a spirit of the dead, an ancestor, a deity, etc., all of these powers can help you. They can increase your power. So that maybe something is beyond your personal reach, but say, not beyond the reach of St. Cyprian. 
I also want to really, really give another uh, added check here to jackballs. Jackballs are such an incredibly, so I love that they were mentioned. They're such an incredibly useful tool because they combine many of the elements we're talking about. A jackball is a physical object that can act as a personal talisman. It is a physical object. It has all the capacities that a mojo bag has, but it has the additional element of being something that you actively work with. Whereas the mojo bag is a talisman that you carry with you, the jackball is something that you work. In other words, you hold the jackball, you swing the jackball. The jackball can, of course, be used in divination like a pendulum, but it's also used to influence. If you create a jackball around power and you come across someone who is not submitting to your power, let's say, you can actually use the jackball over their photo to put pressure on them. Or let's say you're trying to increase your power at work. You can not only use the jackball as a talisman that you carry with you, but you can actively hold the jackball, swinging it, feeding it. It's an active form of magic. So this is what I was talking about when I said the power has a capacity component and it has the uh, exercise of influence. And the jackball is a physical embodiment of that balance. Any more on that, Conjure Man? I think we were waiting on this cat. I think she dropped out by uh, accident. Oh, yeah. No, it happened. Blog Talk has kicked me off of this thing all the time. It's, it's, a real, it's a reality we all have to deal with. Yeah, jackballs are incredibly, incredibly powerful. They almost always include some element of yourself. You're either including, for example, your fingernails, your hair, something along those lines, or they're created to specifically influence somebody. Uh, one of the uh, old-timey spells that Ms. Cat has mentioned is a love me or die jackball. Not something they would obviously recommend, but that's an example of really trying to exert power or influence on somebody else. So jackballs are one way of working that increase your capacity while also increasing your ability to influence. But that's not the only, way, only object along those lines. Other talismans can do the same thing. Any type of influence talisman, there's a bunch of mercury talismans that are really great in this regard that are used specifically to both increase the magnetism of a person but also increase their ability to influence somebody else's will. So finding root work that balances increasing your capacity, think John the Conqueror root here, but also increases your ability to influence others, think licorice, is going to be incredibly powerful. Finding that blend, whether it's making uh, a, a jar or a jackball or anything, if you as long as you take this approach, increase capacity, increase influence, you're going to see uh, an exercise of, of power and performance here. What about you, Stuart? What are ways in which you blend capacity and influence together in power? Well, capacity, you know, sorry, I'm, my, my audio is <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I just I didn't hear all of what he said, so the audio was breaking up for me. So I was just going to say uh, uh, I didn't understand, but then you jumped in. Go ahead. Oh well, okay. Um, I'm just going to um, get into some of the things in the chat because I was out. I'm back. Um, we were talking about jackballs, and he was saying how good jacks are. And Dr. Sweet said, "Drop a jackball on the ground, and it stops working." Anybody knows 
noticed that. And I said, actually, I've never dropped jack ball on the ground, so I don't know. Um, I, Aya Asha Aya 13 says, if you don't influence people, you will be influenced. This is a fact. Wherever you go, there's an exchange of energy taking place. And that is true. Um, this doesn't mean you have to be the person with all the power in every given situation. You can have exchanges of power with others, but you have to be able to claim your power. That's what I talked about maturation. You don't want to go through life as a teenager um, at the prey of other people's whims and, and wishes and um, you know doing what you're told or failing to make a way for yourself or a place for yourself. Um, I've talked about something before, and I'm going to mention it again because it seems appropriate here, that there are two kinds of spells. There are the farmer's spells in which you pray for something good to happen uh, or bad or whatever. You just say, um, you know, Lord, I'm planting these seeds. Please bring rain and let them grow and may I have a good crop. There are spells that are like that, spells for luck, spells for financial success. And then the other kind of spell is what I call the boxer spell. And that is you're going to go into the ring and you're going to have someone you're going to have a contest against, whether they're an enemy or just someone else who might score higher than you on a test. And those contested situations, um, the boxer's prayer is, Lord, give me the strength to beat the other guy to a bloody pulp. And so there are two kinds of of works that we do that require power. And when Balkan Diviner earlier said, what about I can, you can't? And I said, that's for contested situations. What I'm trying to talk about now is having the power and having the ability before you get into a contested situation. So looking at Willie Mays, who was a great baseball player, if he just was playing with his own teammates, he still was very, very powerful. He still had the best performance. When they got into a contest with another team, if everything went right, he could pull off miracles in terms of what he could do as you know, batting, catching, whatever. And so developing power and performance can be undertaken in friendly, non-stressful situations. So this is the person who gets up in the morning and says, I'm going to do so many leg lifts or whatever to increase my physical strength. You can also do that to increase your magical strength. A lot of people only come to magic when they have a desperate need. Oh my gosh, my boyfriend left me. I've got to pray and and do spells to get him back. No, you should have been doing spells all along to strengthen the relationship. And so think of power and performance as something that you need to develop magically all the time. It doesn't matter whether you're a Jew, a Christian, a Muslim, a pagan, a Buddhist, a Taoist. It makes no difference. Spiritual power is part of what makes us magical people. We don't only just plea for uh, results. We actually enter into it. Somehow we're giving um, power into the situation from our own self. Now, as you maybe become sick or weak, and maybe you don't have a lot of power, you can always borrow power from other friendly spirits. But I don't think that 
power is only needed for contests. You need to build it up within yourself. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Aya Asha Aya says, boosting your power in the morning can be as simple as saying mantras. The word created the universe. Words are powerful. Um, I agree with that. I use what's called the Kuwait method. It's invented by a guy named Emil Kuwait. And um, it's a an old self-hypnotism method. I've used it all my teenage and adult adult life. I've modified it over time and changed it back and forth, but I always go back to the original Kuwait method, which is every day in every way I'm feeling better and better or I'm getting better and better. And it's simply, and it's a company you have to say it a certain number of times and you have to tap your fingers or your toes or run a knotted cord through. There's a, there is a physical touch point that goes with each repetition. I know it sounds, people are going, what is she talking about? Um, it's called oh, auto suggest. <laughs> auto-suggestion and it has been my form of building power for many years Just daily saying. meditation for me is essential uh, and essential for maintaining power um, also there's, there's a EFT tapping uh, which yes. is originally a Chinese a Chinese process will we'll, we'll do all kinds of things but it definitely brings power EFT tapping um, uh, as exactly. for meditations I, I, I use something uh, based on the what I think is the oldest uh, form of meditation, which you can find in the Bhagavad Gita, uh, and and um, I also use the Silva method, which uh, I find actually generates power very quickly for that kind of sense of personal grounding. Yeah, and there are you know. There are visualization techniques, a golden globe of light around you, your feet touching the earth. But you need to take time to do that, whether it's meditating on a deity who brings grace into your life or feeling the grass under your feet. There needs to be a moment where you place yourself in space and time, however you do it. Now, certain cultures have developed certain techniques and certain individuals, unique individuals like Emil Kue came up with this method and it just took off and became very, very popular during the 20th century. Any method um, can be changed. Any method can work for some people and not for others. Uh-oh, there we go. There's our bumper music. So, what a experiment. So experiment with the different methods we've talked about. You're going to find something that works for you. Okay. Boy, that went by quick. Um, And um, Dr. Sweet said, hey, Betty Lee Randolph tapes every day in every way. I don't know who Betty Lee Randolph is, but it's Emil Kuei who came up with it. (laughs) All right. We're going to have our client. So let's turn this over to Reverend James. Thank you, Ms. Kat. Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com, and by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic contra practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org, and by Hoodoo Psychics, the first psychic line run entirely by Hoodoo practitioners. Receive a reading with a trusted root worker instantly. Call 1-888-4-HOODOO or visit hoodoopsychics.com. 
and by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Normally we'd be going to the phones, but today our client hails from Romania, and that is Balkan Diviner. Balkan Diviner um, has been on the radio show before, but has not called about this situation. And he writes, I am participating in an international virtual essay contest founded by the Goy Peace Foundation located in Tokyo, Japan. The theme for this year has been ideas of young people for building a peaceful future. My essay is entitled, What's Missing? The competition is fierce and there are thousands of contestants worldwide. The results will be given on October 31st, 2023. Will I win this contest? What candles can I use to enhance my chances of success? Turning it over to you, Ms. Cap. All right. Well, I'm going to, because this is about um, essay writing, I'm going to turn this over to Conjureman for the first reading and then Stuart for the second reading, and I'll come in with whatever candles have not been mentioned. <laughs> Take it away, Conjureman. Yeah, happy to do this reading. Uh, I know Balkan Diviner isn't on the phone, but I do. I think we read something similar for Balkan Diviner in the past, if I'm not mistaken, like another competition uh, or, or some type of uh, fellowship, perhaps, or some type of similar academic-oriented, uh, competitive something or another. So this might be... Well, I think there was, uh, also, there was also trying to get a visa to come to the U.S. at one time, too. Oh, is that, was that said, what yeah, it was? I remember... Different competition. Yeah, yeah, different competition. Okay, so the competition seems to be an ongoing theme in, in 2023 for, for Balkan Diviner. Uh, and whenever there's like an ongoing theme of some sort, I always tell people, look to some form of astrological reading at some point or another just to see why those things are coming up uh, and what the overarching effect of those uh, themes will be. It's just astrology does a really good job of picking that stuff up by looking at what's going on in the nativity. So just something to, to bear in mind there. Um, as a person who has done many essay competitions and who has won many essay competitions, um, I'm uh, happy to give some of my advice at the end as well if, if there's some time uh, in regards to what worked for me. But I've pulled a few cards here to see what the chances of success are. The first and foremost is the Four of Pentacles. And the Four of Pentacles shows us what we call the miser king or the small king. It is a person who is sitting upon their throne and they have coins that are clutching at their chest, under their feet, and upon their head, and they've been sort of outside of the city. Sometimes this is also referred to as the exiled king who's lost their kingdom, but they still maintain a small portion of their wealth. This indicates that you're coming into this particular competition slightly disadvantaged. It may be as a result of the fact that uh, this is an international competition, uh, and international competitions often are incredibly uh, competitive and quite difficult to win. The sort of uh, deck is stacked against you to some extent. The Four of Pentacles indicates that it's not a matter of you being bad. It's not a matter of you not being good enough. It's just a matter of the environment. What you have is very different from what the environment is looking for. This is the exiled king, meaning that they're outside of their kingdom. They're outside of their power base. Um, they don't have uh, the, the foundation necessary. So 
The Four of Pentacles tells us you're coming at this situation slightly disadvantaged. That doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to lose, but it does mean that this is going to be much harder to win than other competitions that you might have participated in. The next card is the Two of Pentacles. So we see Pentacles as a theme showing up here. This has something to do with money, something to do with finances. The Two of Pentacles shows us an individual that is juggling two coins, uh, indicating, and they're, and they're standing on one foot. So again, there's this indication of the foundation is not necessarily strong. There's some imbalance here. Uh, it may come to the fact that it will be between you and one other person as the cutoff, not as you being victor and then being loser, but there's a cutoff. There's going to be some type of threat. And this is where the group work is going to be very important, to tip the scale slightly in your favor. It does not promise a full-on victory, but it does promise that you can make the cutoff. So whatever short form they have, generally when it comes to these competitions, they have what's called a short list. The short list is the group of people that they've narrowed it down to. They cut all the people out. They come down to what's known as a short list. And the short list can range anywhere from about 20 people to about 30 to 40 people. And then depending on how many uh, actual awards they give out, they narrow it down even further. What the Two of Pentacles indicates is that the root work can help you get on to the short list at the very least. And you can be there as perhaps a finalist or as someone majorly considered by the uh, awards committee. The final card that we have is the Queen of Swords. The Queen of Swords is not a card of victory, but it is a card of experience gained. It is a woman who is waiting, it's a very powerful woman, uh, sitting upon her throne with a sword in one hand, and the other is beckoning to someone in the far distance. This is a, the queen who is waiting the arrival of her king or waiting the arrival of news, and there's storms in the backdrop. This is a person who has gained experience, but that experience generally comes through hardship. I always associate this uh, card with a very ancient Greek proverb, and that is that wisdom is gained through suffering. And so this indicates to me that you have a, you can use root work to increase your chances to at the very least get yourself on the finalist list, to get yourself on the short list. But because you come at this from a little bit of a disadvantage and the foundation is not necessarily strong, that the outcome is not a guaranteed victory. You can still win. It's very possible. You've got to do really strong root work in order to change the results. But at the bare minimum, you will be placed on the shortlist and you will gain experience from this. Even if you do not gain the financial or the award component of it, there will be some experiential component that you will then develop and that will help you in your future endeavors and in future competitions. So you're, you've got some hard competition ahead, but some root work here will definitely help. I'll turn this over to Stuart, who's going to do your next reading, and then Ms. Kat will give you some root work advice. Uh-oh, do we have Stuart here? Have we lost Stuart? Oh. All right, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I muted myself. Uh, <laughs> I also uh, pulled cards for this question, and, and I will speak to the uh, 
the candle request as, as well. Um, the three cards that I've pulled are from my own Oracle deck, Palms Oracle. Um, the first card is this the whip. And uh, uh, the whip in this case is about what we're talking about. It's about gaining and having power. You can imagine uh, someone leading uh, their cattle through the field and creating the sound of the whip to guide the cattle in the direction they want to go. You need to be able to have control. You need to be able to be empowered within yourself. Um, so within your own life and path, make sure that you are in a good place and a powerful place uh, with your abilities, with your uh, daily practice. Be in a powerful place so that you have uh, you, that you're ready for whatever the next step is. Um, I think that there's there is promise that you can achieve this, um, but that it is not a definite thing. It's not like this is, uh, it, it's kind of on the fence, we, we would say. Uh, the second card is the well. And the well is about making a wish. This is what you've done. You've made a wish and, and followed through with your essay. You're wishing to be able to achieve greatness through your own work and um, continue that. Make sure that you've firmly made this wish. Do something to state that wish. Do something, uh, write it down, create a ritual. Uh, there's many different ways to go with that, um, to install that wish firmly. And then the third card is the wasp. And that is an interesting card because it's about letting go, and in particular, it's about letting go and overcoming your own fears. So the feeling I get from these and from your your uh, question is that you, you're not in a place of full confidence, and part of the act of getting to that place of full confidence is letting go of and overcoming personal fears. So really reflect on what those are, where, where it is that you are weak and you find yourself full of fear and finding a way to work on getting past and beyond those fears. I also pulled one card from a, uh, one card from a tarot deck and I got the star. I love the star. It's one of my favorite tarot cards. Um, and in this instance, I think we can think of this as finding your, uh, following through and finding your direction. I see this as a card that shows that this is the right path that you do have promise in this area and, and should feel confident uh, to feel good about your prospects. And, uh, you know, doubt is going to bring you back. So let go of all of the doubts. You know, go through with your daily processes uh, of um, empowerment. Go through with daily processes where you are um, spiritually feeding yourself. And these things should help you gain what it is you're going for. As for candles, um, I'm going to give you a really simple one, which is actually a Chinese candle magic uh, uh, use, which is to use a red candle. And uh, you, you put a prayer on the candle. You, you hold the candle. You can anoint it with power oil. Um, you mark the candle with five basically asterisks. You put five uh, little stars going up the candle, and then you anoint it in the oil, and then you just burn that single red candle. Um, and this is a, a candle to kind of bring forward success on your own wish. And that's what I got for you.
All right. So this is a. It's interesting that you mentioned a red candle, a Chinese form of candle, um, and you've had five asterisks carved on it. This does sound very Chinese. Um, mm-hmm. I love it. Uh, Balkan diviner being in Romania doesn't probably doesn't know as much about um, uh, Chinese folk magic because I don't think they have much of it in Romania, but. That felt very familiar to me as I grew up in California in the Bay Area. That looks completely Cantonese to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, yes, it is completely Cantonese. <laughs> I'm like, that's I got that Which one. Which is rooted, it's rooted in Taoist magic. Yes, yes. It's, it's Cantonese, it's Chinese. And there even are um, foo talismans for academic success and things like that that you might put with mm-hmm. such a thing. And... Um, well, but you'd have to um, get into that. I'm going to, because um, Balkan Diviner, although Romanian and comes from a hugely important background of Romanian folk magic, and every time I talk to Balkan Diviner, I mean every time I go, you know, you're young now, Balkan Diviner. I get that. You're young. But I'd love you to write that book on Romanian folk magic. But Balkan Diviner has reached out into hoodoo. So let's go into African-American folk magic and see where we would go with candles and what they would be. So that is where that I can, you can't, that you had mentioned before, Balkan Diviner, that's what works for a contest. But you want to start with a center of power. So perhaps a power candle or a purple candle dressed with power oil and maybe with, there's also an intellectual component because it's writing. And so let's get you some herbs here. We're going to use, and I hope someone else is writing these down because I can't think and type at the same time, Um, and hold the telephone and speak. Um, So for the herbs you would want would be five-finger grass for all the work of your five fingers, and that would be for success and to clutch success from others. So um, you could also, and this could be, the oils that you could roll the candle in, or you could put a circle of the herbs around it. Master of the Woods herb, which is um, certainly um, used for a contest. So I started with a purple candle, and I mentioned power oil, and I can you can't oil. And so what I'm trying to build here is this core center around which you have these other things that display your talent. Clarity might be another oil you might want to add to rolling the dressing the candle because it makes your thinking clear. But as you can see, there are um, components here of dexterity of thought, of making yourself more um, facile. And she said, pausing, (laughs) making yourself more facile in your verbal capacity. That was a real fail. Um, so that's a, another way to look at it. Mercury could use. If you wanted to do a full-out altar layout, you'd put the power candle in the middle. you put three orange, smaller helper type, you know, four-inch candles or maybe stubbies or maybe tea lights in orange around and dress them with mercury oil because verbal component is definitely part of it. So that's my idea. Let's see if Contraman has anything... Um, Oh, and Nagashiva said deer's tongue. Oh, my gosh, of course, deer's tongue would be yeah. a great addition as well. All right. Thank you. Um, thank you, Shiva. So, uh, Contraman, what do you have to say? 
Yeah, I love deer's tongue. I always tell people that whenever there's any type of, of competition for essay writing, it's better to do the root work as you're writing the essay. It's really, really important because you want writing is an act of inspiration and you want to use magic to draw that inspiration in. And so if you have, if you're going to do any competition before you ever even submit your essay, and this is the same is true for any type of essay writing for an, a, a class, if you need a grade, any type of assessment of that essay, you should have a, a crown of success candle going as you're writing it. It's really, really important to do that. The more root work you do as you're writing it, the better it will improve your essay. And it's the same with you when you go through any type of editing process. So when you're revising it, you write your essay while the candle is going, then you revise your essay while the candle is going. If you get, uh, if you do this over a series of days and you write over a series of days and revise over a series of days, all under the light of a crown of success candle or crown of success mojo, it will absolutely increase your chances. Once you've sent it off, I'm going to tell you my favorite pentacle to work with, and that is the third pentacle of Mercury, which is used specifically to influence through the written word. So I would recommend printing out the third pentacle of Mercury, anointing it with crown of success oil and attraction oil, and burning it and burning candles on top of this in order to influence all those individuals, those judges, in order to incline them towards your essay. If you know their names, write it on the back of it. If you don't know their names, then write the name of the awards committee or the name of the awards on the back of it and burn your candles on top of this third pentacle of Mercury. It's incredibly powerful to influence anyone who reads your written word. It's one of the things that I've used, and it really comes through every single time. Okay, and I I do like that. You know who is the the this that's running this uh, thing, and I would say that um, they have a logo. Put their logo on the back of that third pentacle of Mercury as well. You can put the logos back to back with names and words and papers in between. Um, but a logo of the sponsoring organization, and that's a good way to also work. because. Because they're Japanese, if you can find mm-hmm. a Shinto temple and make a make a prayer at the Shinto temple, that might help as well. Oh, I wonder if there are any Shinto temples in Romania. Uh, we'll find I out. <laughs> there probably is an online Shinto temple. Go online. That's a very good idea. All right, and coming up next is our station identification, brief but powerful. LMC. You're listening to the LMC Radio Network, broadcasting out of Forestville, California, on the World Wide Web at LuckyMojo.com.
the LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Contraman, Sundays, 3 to 4.30, Mystics, Mages, and Magical Places with Reverend Art and Reverend James, Mondays, 4 to 5.30, The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, in syndication on Tuesdays, The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Deborah Voice, Tuesdays, 4 to 5, and... The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Miss Phoenix LeFay in syndication, Thursdays. And Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse in syndications, Fridays. All time specific, at 3 hours for Eastern, all of our shows are available in archives at the Lucky Mojo Forum, forum.luckymojo.com. And now it's wow. time for our free sale segment from our special guest, Stuart Palm of StuartPalm.com in Hong Kong. Take it away, Stuart. Uh-oh. Do we have Stuart with us? We have lost Stuart. Am I in now? Am I there? Oh, okay. I'm here. <laughs> Sorry, there's a lag uh, because I'm in Asia. And also we're having it. We're in a Typhoon 8, so it might be a, the weather power is affecting wow. coming through. Um, so I, I have a, here a personal power spell. And in and, and the original of this, I, I've written it with, with three white candles. But I, I was just listening to you talk about using power, purple candles, and I think that would be uh, a, a good idea as well. Um, but the original way I've written is to put three white candles, to, to uh, dress three white candles and put them in a triangle. And in this case, um, you, you, one candle you will dress in power oil, one with master key oil, and one with crown of success oil. Uh, in the center of these, um, you put a bowl uh, with sugar and a picture of yourself. This is a personal empowerment spell. Uh, you also anoint this uh, photograph in the power oil. And on the back of the photograph, you write personal attributes of power, your abilities, your blessings, your gifts, the things that you want to grow in power and through. Um, things that you even feel you are, you know, might feel you are lacking in, but you want to build on. You add those in to what you write on the back of the photograph. Uh, next to this, you place um, another dish, a fireproof dish, and on this you write out the things that are holding you back, the things that are keeping you from what you want to achieve, that, that which uh, invades your personal power. Uh, every day on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, you tear this paper smaller, and you do this until the papers are very small, and as you do this, you burn the candles. And once the paper is small, uh, actually, while you do that, you also move the bowl away from the candles. So you're tearing the attributes holding you back smaller as well as moving them away from the power and, and from yourself in this act. And as you do that, you, you get smaller candles, you burn the, the, the candles and you tear the paper until it's very small, and then you burn the paper once the candles have dissipated. You take the ashes and uh, after sunset, you blow them into the west in the direction of the setting sun. Uh, or alternatively, 
I will often bury ashes uh, in the earth under a tree. Um, you take the photograph, you fold it towards yourself three times, rotating it as you fold, and you carry that photo with you for three weeks or as long as you need, or it could be added to a, a mojo bag as well. And that is our spell. Wow. That see, this is why I love Very having cool. you on the show. Yeah, that idea of tearing what you don't want smaller and smaller and smaller mm-hmm. and smaller as the candle burns. So this depends on what size of candles you're going to start with. In other words, if you start with vigil candles, you're going to be doing this for five days probably. If you um, have a six-inch candle, it's going to be several hours or a four-inch, whatever. But I think what he's saying, and maybe I, I want to make sure I understood you. Stuart, that this goes on as long as the candles are burning. Is that what that's what you're saying, right? Exactly. Right. So you're going to time it based on the size of your candle, and remember, any size of candle is always good in God's sight. So that's a beautiful spell. I really like it, and there's nothing really I would add to it. Um, casting those ashes to the wind is some people will do it at a crossroads some people do it where any place you know if you know your natural landscape you'll know that there are places that are windier than other places just let it go into the wind and let it be gone or as he said bury it under a tree beautiful beautiful spell Stuart that's lovely do you have anything to add Conjurman? I have nothing to add other than I love the idea of tearing the smaller and smaller the symbolic act, but also there's like a cathartic component. I mean, when that mm-hmm. t- torn something, it feels good. Right? It has a, mm-hmm. It's a really yeah. positive release component when you tear some. It's why we tear apart paper when we're angry, right? Or we disagree with a contract mm-hmm. or an agreement, or, right? So I love that there is this spiritual, magical act of tearing smaller and smaller, but it has also the psychic emotional cathartic component of you tearing it smaller and smaller and smaller. It's a really fantastic way of working. Yeah, I'm going to say another thing, too, about this. With the timing, um, depending on what kind of candles you burn and how you're going to be doing this, some people would repeat and do the same thing for three days sequentially with small candles. There are many ways. There's no one way to do a candle spell. But if you want to increase your power, certainly it's a good a good thing to carry that photo of yourself with you with all of your good attributes on it and put it in um, a little packet. You could put it in your wallet if you don't want to carry it in a mojo. Just to remind yourself, that's who you are. If carrying a picture of yourself seems weird and you're just don't doesn't kind of accord with your idea, another possibility is you could take and boil that picture in water and bathe in the water and thereby get the water on you that had all those attributes of power. There are many ways to do this. Some people feel nervous about having a picture of themselves that they might carry. And so again, there are things you could do, for instance, put such a thing under your desk where you write, if you want, like Balka Diviner wanted to write. You just take and glue that or tape that picture with duct tape under your where your keyboard is if you use a desktop. Or, you know, you can be one of those people who decorates your laptop with all kinds of decals, and part of it could be that paper of your name and your picture. All right. Um, and Nagashiva says, put it in your hat. That's a really good idea, too. Um, put, a little, put a little packet in your hat. So, um, wonderful, wonderful spell. 
Thank you so much, Stuart. It's always so interesting to have you on because you bring us this whole other component of magic. We love it. Um, All right, we're going to turn this over to um, Reverend James, and he's going to give us our announcements, and then we're going to, you know, come on and say goodbye, but we're going to wait for him to give us our cue for that. Take it away, Reverend James. Thank you, Ms. Kat, and thank you, Conjurman, and thank you, Stuart Palm of StuartPalm.com in Hong Kong for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when our special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers will be Papa Newt of PapaNewt.com in Omaha, Nebraska, bringing us a discussion on clients with hardships. Once again, we've come to the end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find this cat via the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Conjurman at conjuremanconsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. I'm your announcer, Reverend James, joining you from vaultconjure.com in North Carolina. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available in archive via luckymojo.com forward slash radio show.html. From all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at the same time when you will hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Doug Band playing the Doug Band Waltz. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Thank you, Reverend James. And um, to everyone in the chat, I want to say thank you, Angela L., Ayasha Aya, Balkan Diviner, Dr. Sweets, Hey Maganda, J.D. Hoodoo, one of my favorite people, um, Phyllis Margaret, Greta Gabor, of course, Reverend James, Red Queen Conjure, Tony I. Love it when he's here. And Wickway is up. Thank you all. And there were a few others who have already bailed because <laughs> it was time, I guess. Um, <laughs> We're having um, crackling phones, and um, there's been a lot of solar um, storms and um, coronal mass ejections. And um, if your cell phones aren't working and if you're hearing crackling and stuff, uh, go take a look at SciTech Daily and look at how the solar maximum is coming up a little sooner than expected, maybe a whole year sooner than expected. And um, since we do everything here by Internet connectivity, if you hear crackling and weirdness, it may be uh, that the sun is giving it to us. Just a thought. Good night. Good night, all. Good night. Good night.